So today has little to do with anticipating the new year and much more to do with it being the finishing touches on the octave of Christmas. That now is the eighth day, or tomorrow will be the eighth day, but tomorrow we anticipate Epiphany, so uh, we will celebrate that instead. But that this be the eighth day, and formerly this was celebrated in the old liturgical calendar as the circumcision of Jesus. As a practicing Jew, being the eighth day, the celebration of a circumcision. But today we celebrate, instead with the new liturgical calendar, Mary as the mother of God. And Mary as the mother of God, we heard in the opening line of the collect, it is through her fruitful virginity that she gives birth to the word. Through her fruitful virginity. And so that really stuck out to me that her virginity is fruitful and that the Lord looks upon with favor with Mary by blessing her with virginity. It's not like God was looking for a candidate and said, this one's a virgin, let me choose her to be the worthy tabernacle. No, but God preemptively blesses her with virginity and that that virginity itself is fruitful. And there are two thoughts that I just want to share uh, about this fruitful virginity. The first is that it was still stigmatized even for Mary and for Jesus. That we know that even in Jesus' own hometown in the Gospels, that Mary's virginity was put into question, or that it was not understood. For instance, even in the Old Testament with all these great figures, there's no virgin births. And so to think of a kind of virgin birth would have been odd. It would have not, it would have been out of line with what has happened in salvation history. But also that in his own hometown, that Jesus is identified as the son of a carpenter, Joseph, not as the son of Mary. And we know that he's not the son of a carpenter in a sense, right? That son, he's only the foster son of a carpenter. And so Mary's virginity was, in a sense, stigmatized or looked down upon even amongst the public. So publicly, virginity is stigmatized. And yet even the disciples do not know that Christ is born of a virgin, at least not during his earthly life. They do not know. But the disciples still do know in person that there is something different about Mary and Jesus. There is something different about them that is characterized by their virginity. And this leads to the second point and why virginity today even remains fruitful in the life of grace and as a witness to the kingdom of heaven is that virginity, and I'll talk about kind of different kinds of virginity, shows self-possession and the face of love that God chose to be born of a virgin. God, who is love itself, uh, chose to be born not through a nuptial act, but through a virgin to show the face of God. He chose to be born through a virgin. Now, I'd like to back up and say that virginity is not, bodily virginity is not required to be able to show the face of God or to live in the life of grace. It's certainly not what I'm saying. Gregory of Nyssa speaks extensively about virginity and the own Christian living of virginity, an old church father. Gregory of Nyssa, as a bishop in the early church, was married. That there's this kind of virginity that lives um, as a fruit of temperance. 
And this is kind of the real issue and the real crux and the, uh, the crux of the fruitfulness of virginity as well is that a lot of times we talk about chastity and unchastity and that it's this great vice, and it is. As, but we talk about it almost as if it's, it's this kind of like standalone thing. But unchastity is an expression of intemperance. And so what, ch- what chastity then is, is just simply a fruit of temperance. And we, temperance is that virtue by which we have self-control. And so God comes to the world through this virgin birth because it shows without question this sense of intentionality and not being used for something else. In other words, one of the biggest things, one of the biggest wounds of love that we can experience throughout our lives is oftentimes the wound of lust and being used and using others. And that that lust is like such a close counterfeit with love that it becomes hard to distinguish the weeds from the wheat once we are in the sin of lust or have been afflicted by someone else with the sin of lust. And so God, without question, comes to us with with this fruitful virginity of a virgin to show to the world that he is given freely and not simply using us. And so the fruitfulness of virginity remains even for us today, or this chastity that exists within the married couple, that the virginity shows the intentionality of the lover. It shows the future beatitude, the future hope for the kingdom of God, that there is something that is greater here, as Jesus says of himself, that there is a greater sign that is here that this wicked generation seeks only to be satisfied now. And also that we will, nonetheless, be faced with some stigma if we do live this kind of chastity in public, but that those who know the chaste well know how intentionally loved they are, know how intentionally they see the face of God, because they have full self-possession, because the chaste are also those who are temperate, those who deny themselves, possess themselves, and so can give themselves in a fruitful way. And so we ask that the Blessed Virgin Mary, as our mother, can bestow on us this virtue of chastity, this virtue of temperance, that we can bear the same fruitfulness in the life of grace as she does bodily in the person of Jesus Christ.